Welcome to the Homestead Connection. Today we are super excited to talk about how anyone can homestead with our special guest, Megan, from At Pinafore on Pinewood. We know that today's episode is going to be super fun and inspirational, and we cannot wait to just jump right in. I quit that career. (laughs) Well, and I feel like that's where, so that's where I am in a lot of ways myself, because I work full time as a nurse practitioner and I absolutely love what I do, but I'm so different right now at almost 34 than I was when I applied to graduate school six and a half years ago. And if I knew then what I know now, I don't know if I would have made the same career choice, but at the same time, I just can't imagine not doing what I do and working in a hospital, you know? But also, I think about that all the time, too, how, oh, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done anything the same. But at the same time, the world was not what it is now when we went to school or when we were deciding what to do with our future. And now it's like, I mean, knowing what we know, I mean, if the world was what it was now back then, we probably would have chosen this, honestly, because it's just so clear and an obvious path to kind of get away from everything and how people are doing things now that you can't you can't yep. beat yourself up for it because it just wasn't the same back then. If the world had continued on on the, you know, how things were, maybe it would have made more sense to stay stick with your career and not have to grow your own food and things like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Leanne and I were literally talking about that earlier, just that she and I are on a similar like timeline where we had already started well, and I won't speak for Leanne, I'll let her speak for herself, but Nate and I had already started to switch over to this mindset of wanting to be a little more self-sufficient and a little bit more, what's the right word? Like food, um, like conscious. What's the word? Yeah. Like food conscious and just the food security. Mm. We wanted to move towards like more food security. Um, and our mindset switched to more community sufficiency. So we started buying beef and pork from a local farmer Mm -hmm. and then right around 2020 oh and we were also talking about getting chickens but then when 2020 exploded (laughs) that really like forced us and um propelled us forward with like wanting to be more self-sufficient and um what we decided to do and how aggressive we moved i think that we probably still would have taken the same path and wanted to raise our own pigs and you know garden and can and all of these things. But I think that maybe our timeline would have been slower. True. In 2020, 2021 really kind of just like sped that process up for us. Right. Cause I mean, before 2020, I don't remember there ever being a shortage of food items in the grocery store. Do you? I mean, it's like we have these new problems and we have to find these new solutions for it. And so everyone had to pivot somehow. It was like a, it was a literal pivotal moment. Everyone had to pivot somehow. (laughs) And we just pivoted to, we're going to figure it out on our own. If you can't give it to us, we're going to make it ourselves. Megan's my spirit animal because I want to quit my job and do this full time (laughs) so badly, but it terrifies me. I still have a job. I don't want people to think I just quit my job and I live the dream and everything's fine and dandy. I still work, <laughs> you know? I just Absolutely. 
but it's that leaving that, you know, so I went for my master's in accounting and I've done this like my whole life. And so it's, it's something I'm confident in. It's something I'm comfortable in, but I, I feel very drawn to living closer to, to the earth and closer to where our food comes from. And I think that as a society, we've moved very far away from understanding what that is and where that is. And it's enabled you know, it's enabled people to not understand how their animals are fed and how their food is grown. And um, and I'm somewhat of a prepper. So I also want to make sure that it's always available and that's within my control. So I look at what I can control and what I cannot. And food sourcing is what I can control. I think so. that's huge. Food sourcing and food security and taking control over that, I think, is huge. We mm -hmm. um, noticed that with our girls now so our oldest is eight and a half and then our youngest will be five in a couple of weeks and they can tell a difference in our meat and they absolutely loved raising meat birds um they've just love being able to feed them they are very connected to them and they have a lot of pride in like being able to eat food that we've raised and i never even thought about that nate and i never even thought about that when we started or when we made the decision to raise our own chicken and then to see that and our girls, the pride they had and how connected they were to what we were eating. And, oh, is this one of our chickens, mom? And how delicious it tastes. And Eliza, especially just very proud. I helped raise this and stuff has been really like one of the unexpected and cool things about making the decision as a family to be more connected to our food. That's so cool. People think that chicken comes from a store, you know, and, and they don't stay close to that animal and what it went through to, to, to get to your plate. So, Do you realize how many times somebody asks me if we can still have, if we can still get eggs without a rooster? Like <laughs> the fact that we don't have a rooster, people are like, oh, so do you still get eggs? I'm like, and it does speak to how as a society we are disconnected from our food or we just take advantage of how things get to us exactly we have no idea but our society has gotten us so far away from being connected to the land connected to our food right slow slowing down and being intentional um and i just feel like there's this huge pull like there's so much of society that's it's like a pendulum we've swung so far one way with instant gratification and microwave meals and you know disconnect and it's the pendulum i is swinging the other way where there's this huge pull of people in society who want to mm -hmm. go back to, i know it's it's an overused phrase i feel like in the community but get back to our roots but that's really what it is is getting back to our roots and getting back to more traditional ways of living yeah do you want to share megan a little bit about your story and your journey with um just homesteading and self-sufficiency and just everything that you guys you and your husband have gone through I suppose for us, it really started, it started in 2020. Um, before that, um, we were very, I was very interested in like toxin free living. I think that's probably true for all of us. Um, it sort of started like that for us, just things in the grocery store being really unhealthy for you, carcinogens everywhere, free radicals, everything. So we had already sort of overhauled everything in the house. And then in 2020, I guess for me, it, it became a hobby to start learning all of these skills at home. Mm -hmm. So I lost my job. I was an event planner and that's what my degree is in. So I was, uh, I was out of the job for like 10 months 
and I am was trying very very hard not to be anymore and always always sort of trying not to be a workaholic extreme I've always been kind of the overachieving type always busy always looking for the next thing to accomplish just you know just for that like gratification feeling of you know at the end of the day I did all this stuff and I just worked myself to the bone and now I can sleep soundly but I started I started making the house my job started making like oh keeping up with the laundry my job Anthony went back to work after like four months and I was like well I'm just gonna make this my thing this is gonna be my new like I wake up and this is my purpose and so I was cooking all of our meals I learned how to make bread I learned how to churn butter <laughs> not with a not with a KitchenAid mixer with shaking a mason jar I was churning butter <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny like how gratifying those little things were learning how to make bread and I started gardening and doing the butter and it was all a process and my workaholic tendencies were very much still there because it was like how much can I learn I learned how to macrame I learned how to do all kinds of stuff and it sort of blossomed into just wanting to make the home my job and then like homesteading became this like obsession to me because it was so beyond anything I ever knew I didn't I didn't grow up on a farm my folks were you know career-driven people and yeah. weekend warriors like to a T like the weekends we would all come together and we would go do something fun and then during the week it was like work 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 school 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 so that was all I really knew and you know, my mom, she did not love cooking, so she didn't cook a lot for us. Um, there was like, you know, no gardening, no taking care of animals. We never even had pets, nothing. So it really was a true 180. It was like, you know, it's still, it still is like nothing I've ever known. I still wake up some days and I'm like, wow, there's like all these ducks in the backyard and these chickens in this garden. And it's just like, completely different from anything I ever like knew as a kid and anything I ever saw myself doing. Mm. College was honestly the only thing I ever like saw for my future for sure. And I remember once I got to college being like, well, now I need to figure out what my new dream is because my dream was always just to get here. And now I'm uh -huh. here. What am I going to do next? The reason I studied event management is because I just couldn't picture a life where I did the exact same thing every single day. That was like, the worst thing possible to me that was like a nightmare and so I thought well if I do events it'll be different we'll be doing all these different things different people all the time it'll it'll be interesting it'll be fun mm -hmm. and that just was not the path for me <laughs> I hate to say it out loud because I know how terrible COVID was for so many people my family included and sure but COVID happening the circumstances around it happening for me was one of the best things that could have happened because it forced it forced this for everybody huge step back and i think everyone started reevaluating everything they didn't necessarily go out and buy a cow <laughs> but <laughs> they started to think about yeah not just i mean the food shortages was a huge thing right but i think careers was a huge thing because how many jobs now was there a lot less security than there was before especially in my field 
there was no more job security. So it really, it really forced this big step back, thinking about what matters, thinking about um, what do I really want? Was what I was doing really the best thing for me? And the forced vacation, as I called it, um, I just, I, I just was a different person after that. What did Anthony say in all of this? Was he pretty supportive? <laughs> well, of course, because he came home and dinner was ready. There was this food always, all the time. There was <laughs> you're speaking to me. Yes. Yeah. So he was always really supportive. Um, I think he was also going through his own reevaluation. Um, there were so many changes that year. So many changes, political, health things, career things. Yeah. So there was very much so a changing of the tide, at least where he was. And so he was having his own like, what am I doing? And do I need to be doing it here? Do I need to be doing it differently? Do I need to be doing it at all? Do I need to be doing something different? And so there was just so many like different catalysts that year for us. We had a huge crime spike in our area. And then we were like, well, we don't want to live in this like city anymore. We didn't even live in a city. We lived in a suburb. It was very nice when we moved there the year before. Families always playing on the street. The next year, 2020, gun violence on three different occasions on our street, like in front of our house and behind our house. And so there were just all these different things culminating for us. And we were like, we've got to go. <laughs> we don't want to be here anymore. We need to change our scene. We need to change our people. We need to change what our daily routines look like because this is not the life that we see for ourselves anymore. And this was before you lived in the house where you live right now. Because right now you guys are kind of tucked away and have some breathing room and some, some privacy and space oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So this was in 2020 and we were living in Florida at the time. Anthony's mom passed away that year. She had battled breast cancer for a long time. And um, in September that year, she passed. So we came up to North Carolina uh, with his sisters just to, you know, um, deal with her estate and get everything taken care of. And we were here for about a week and we were looking at each other like, we should move here. <laughs> I was out of the job, had no idea when I was going to go back. He was looking out. He was looking for a way out of his own job. And we were like, we should move here. And so we decided like right then and there, we were going to move here. <laughs> the door opened, you know, it was just, it was really a God thing. That's so amazing. When we moved here, the housing market was really, really rough. It's a huge vacation spot. So most of the people who own property here use it for Airbnbs. Um, and it's just, it's just for vacationers because it's so lucrative. It makes no sense to rent to actual people who are here working. Um <laughs> So we were living in this downstairs apartment. It was the ground floor of someone's house. So the woman lived upstairs and it was just like the bottom floor, which had been in like enclosed next to the garage. And we didn't have a stove and we didn't have a dishwasher. We had a refrigerator. We had um, a camper stove, which was like two burners that you would plug into the wall. And we had, um, it was like a camper sink. So it was really, really small, like this big. And that was like our kitchen. And I was, I was learning how to make bread at our last house. I was canning. I couldn't do any of that here. And we just, I couldn't wow. do any of it. It was devastating. What a disappointment. <laughs> it was so sad. I just started learning all these skills. So we were there for maybe six months mm. and we were like, 
we got to buy a house. We need to buy a house here. We're looking for land. We want to have animals. Um, and so we were looking and this door opened, of course, and it was this house, which was supposed to be going to our landlord's sister. She was going to rent it, but it was too big for her. She didn't want to deal with it. Um, and she was like, do you want to see the house before you move into it? And we were like, yeah, we probably should. So we <laughs> come here with her and we're in the kitchen and I'm like, man, I've been interviewing. If I get a job, then this could be ours, but I just got to make more money. And the whole time we're like, if I don't get the job, it's just not meant to be. That's fine. We'll stay where we are. We don't love it, but it's fine. It works for now. You know, just kind of giving it to God. If it's meant for us, it will happen. Just don't stress it. So we're in the kitchen of this house. First time we've stepped into it and I get a phone call and it's the job offer that I needed for us oh to move in. To afford it. And I was like, we, we got it. And we're literally here standing in the house. When I get the call, it was wild. I took it out in the front yard where I'm looking right now out the window and it was just wild. So those types of like things that happen mm -hmm. to you, things that are open for you, the doors that are open for you, I feel like on Instagram, people, they see me now, right? Because now I have all these followers and before I had like 200. So people see me now and they're like, wow, she's got the house. And, you know, I only live on an acre. It's not like, it's not like we, you know, bought the big farm, but. <laughs> well, and it is on the Outer Banks. So I do want to put that in here. You live in a gorgeous yeah, so area. <laughs> it is. It is. And you would be people who know what the Outer Banks mm -hmm. is. They'd be shocked to know that's mm -hmm. where we live because this looks nothing like that. It's like the it's like the farm town right on the other side of the bridge. To the Even better. <laughs> but people but people on Instagram, they'll message me and be like, I just love I love what you're doing so much. I want to live that lifestyle so badly. I just you know, I really want that for my family. And I'm like, you can do it. Like there's nothing special about me. There is nothing different about me that made it so that I could do it and you can't, mm -hmm. or that made it so I did it faster than you could do it or easier than you could do it. Mm -hmm. There are always doors opening. There are always people to meet and opportunities that are there. You just have to be looking for it. And when you see one, you have to be willing to say, yes, we were willing to move states away we were willing to pare down all of our stuff to go live in the tiny house we were willing to change right. jobs because it would eventually afford us the thing that we wanted which was to live in the country to have the animals work for ourselves and you you were willing to not only make the decision but to make the sacrifice yeah because of what you what you ultimately wanted and i think it's interesting that you said that if you basically if you can do it anyone can do it like you're not special no there's nothing that set you apart to be able to do this and i feel like you are the quintessential or you were raised the quintessential american kid with the quintessential american goals you did all of the things that you were quote supposed to do mm -hmm. and it didn't have that same level of satisfaction and you're like you even said earlier you're like there has to be more yeah and and the more ended up going back to it was less a such simpler life yeah, yeah the less. war was less when we yeah when we you know 
simplified everything. We simplified our food. We simplified the things that we uh, consume. And I'm not just talking about food. I'm talking about what we do with our time. It feels so good to want to be exactly where you are. You don't want to be anywhere else. You don't want to be doing anything else. Everything that we need is right here. Everything we want. We don't have everything we want yet. But <laughs> but yeah. you're setting still yourselves up with the framework. Yeah, we're, we're still working on that cow. It's going to be a bit. <laughs> same, sister, same. But what would you say your goals look like now? I mean, how has that changed for you in terms of like... Well, it's... Gosh, the plan before, in retrospect, was just so bland, I would say. The plan before was just, and not this is a bad thing, this is still our plan, you know, have a family, get a good job, and that's it. Like, that's life. But the plan that we have is land. We'd like to have land one day. Um, but we're not pining for it now. Where we are now, it just... We have exactly everything we need. And there's so much more opportunity for creativity with the life that we lead now that our plans, it's almost like we can dream bigger because instead of being bogged down with, well, for the next 40 years, I'm going to be working 40 hours a week. And then in my off time, I'll follow my passions. Well, no, it's like now I get to follow my passions as a career and there's so much more creativity in that. There are businesses that we want to have. There are things we want to do and have at the house, more animals, more food. And there's even, there's all these ideas swirling in my head that I know not all of them are right for me, but there's just so many avenues that we could go. We could, we sell eggs right now, but we could sell chickens like we could sell meat in the future i know kylie you're doing that or you're about to start um but yeah like we could actually start being that hub that i have always uh -huh. tried to find for myself of local food and sourcing things locally we could be that hub for people i just wonder how many people have these like passions burning inside that they just don't have time or energy for because they're giving so much time and energy to their uh -huh. boss and that's not to say that people don't love their jobs. If you love your job, I mean, keep working it, man. If you're doing what you love, then that's it. Like, that's the end all be all, right? Everyone wants to do what they love. But if that's not you, if you're just doing something because you need money or something like that, like, there is so much creativity and passion that is just stifled because you don't have the freedom to let it flourish or to give it a chance. And once you give it a chance, it's like, you can never go back. It's like drinking the Kool-Aid. You can't go back. <laughs> well, she's convinced me I'm quitting my job tomorrow. We're just going to figure it out. <laughs> because she's speaking, she's speaking directly to me. You guys do not understand. This has been my battle now for five years. <laughs> You and Brenna lived like very parallel lives because Brenna's from Florida and she's this big corporate gal and she is just, her heart is yearning to leave. I should speak for you, Brenna, but no, no, you're hundred percent correct. It's just so, so interesting. You know, you talk about what we were expected to do and you're, you're hundred percent correct. I was told to, you know, 
go to school, get my bachelor's, then get my master's and then get to work and get to work and churn and save as much as I can. And I did that. And I tend to be an overachiever. I'm an overachiever in things that are good and an overachiever in things that are bad. Whatever I do, I go 150% into it. And, um, so, you know, I, I did that and I did it all through my first son who was 22 and I did it all through my second son who is now 10. And the whole entire time I have hated it. It is, I, I feel like I get satisfaction out of doing some of the more creative things that I do. I get satisfaction out of understanding business from an accounting and finance perspective. But as far as like what feeds my soul, it's always been in the dirt. It's always been, and I grew up with a, with a massive amount of land and my family told me, you do not want to do this for a job. So they pushed me in an opposite direction. <laughs> what would you say somebody needed to do to to really start to follow whatever dream it is they have. I mean, we're talking homesteading here, but I think it applies to just about anything in this yeah. planet. You know, if you want to travel yeah. full time or if you want, you know, whatever, whatever it is. So what do you, what are your thoughts behind how does somebody do that? How do our typical nine to five rat race junkies do that? Well, I always feel like I'm a bad influence because I literally tell people I am team quit your job. <laughs> I don't know if she needed to hear that. <laughs> she might actually do it. <laughs> Brenna, you can come stay with us. You guys, I have, I have my resignation written up and it's been written up for the past four oh years. Gosh. Okay. Okay. But Update the dates a little bit. I just go in and tweak it. I, I think it <laughs> it will look different for everybody. It will look different based on what you want. You know, are you wanting to leave where you are? We wanted to leave where we physically were. We didn't want to live there anymore. So that meant saving up a bunch of money and planning our move. So we were looking at the housing market. How are we going to live? Where can we work? Anthony had the job ready when we got here. So he was good to go. When we got here, I started job hunting like crazy. And then I got an offer like, you know, two days after we were here, I had a job. And not everybody, I don't think, has the personality where they will just take whatever they can get as long as it means they can be where they want to be. So it matters what you want to do. Um, being open to those doors opening in front of you is a huge thing, I think. I always had my eye open for what's the next opportunity that I can step into. Always had my eye open for meeting people. Everyone that you meet is such an asset, whether you will like them or not. They can provide so much for you if you just get to know them, if you keep a good relationship with them. Um, there have been so many opportunities that we had just because we knew somebody who knew somebody when we got our chickens. We got in January of last year, we had just moved into this house and I wanted chicken something fierce, but I was waiting till spring. Well, everybody around me knew that. So the woman, remember I told you the lady who was supposed to live here was our landlord's sister. She knew somebody who had chickens and she texted me out of the blue one day and said, hey, I have this friend who has a flock of chickens. She doesn't want them anymore. Do you want them? And I thought, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I and want this house, y'all, had a fully made up chicken coop, enclosed run, everything in the backyard 
overgrown, don't know how long, mm. how many years it had been before there, or since there were chickens in it. And I went out that night and I started clearing the crap out of it. And I was like getting everything out ready to go. The next day I went to these people's houses. I didn't know who they were. I never met them before in my life, but somebody I knew knew them. They were friends. I went to their house and I picked up nine chickens and they gave me all their supplies. They just didn't want them anymore. They were like a project when they had kids, their kids had gone to college. They didn't want them anymore. And I brought home chickens the next day. So it That's just, so cool. it was, wild. I don't think Anthony was really on board for that one, but he never told me so. <laughs> well, look at him now. Look at him I know, now. Look at him now. Enjoying eggs every morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Megan, tell us what you do have on your property right now. And just a little bit about your home. And then I'll, I'll like wind us down here shortly. So we started with the 12, 12. We started with the nine chickens. And this year we added, so we didn't add anything that first year. We got married last year. So that was a big chunk of spring. We kind of missed out on, you know, all the fun things in spring that we have done this year uh, because we got married and we came back from our honeymoon. It was already April. So we sort of missed all of that planning. So we had the chickens. This year we added three ducks and two geese and the geese, we got them in mind to be guardians for our flock because we let them free range. So we have the geese, the ducks, chickens we added six more laying hens so now we're up to 12 no 14 now we're up to 14 because we lost a chicken last year it was really sad she was our favorite chicken and then we also for the first time are uh raising and going to process meat chickens and we have them in a tractor in the backyard and we're rotating that tractor around just to kind of give the yard um some good fertilizer from that chicken poop and so it really does too. You'll be amazed next year how green those areas of your grass are. Okay, good. Cause right now it looks rotten <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping the faith on that one. <laughs> Keep the faith. Yeah. I, I can show you pictures of what our yard looked okay, like last good. year as we were moving our chicken tractor around. It looks like a big muddy mess, okay, but now good. this year it's insanely lush. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what it looks like. I'm like, wow, that's not what I was told, but I guess it's coming. <laughs> I guess the green grass is coming. It will. Well, that's awesome. And then you're, you have a big garden this year too. This is like your biggest garden that you right? Yeah, it is. Um, I gardened in containers before we moved here. That was the only thing I ever did. And I did like cucumbers one year, never got a single cucumber. I did tomatoes that year, never got a tomato. (laughs) Um, and so then last year I planted a few things in the ground and never did that before. So that was huge for me having plants in the ground and we did like green peppers and tomatoes and a little bit of like mixed greens, but some sort of bug ate those. And it was my first time and I didn't care because at least I had something <laughs> in the ground. And then this year it's very official. There are stones around the garden bed and I have this little fence and the chickens can't get in it. And it's this whole thing. There's rows. I planted cucumbers, tomato, peppers, um, probably like half a dozen herbs. I'm trying watermelon. We'll see how that goes. Oh, um, cool. But yeah, it's a much bigger venture this year. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love to hear that. Um, one of the things that I was interested to hear from, from you, Megan, but from all of us is a recommendation. Like one thing we would recommend for people who are maybe switching gears from doing their normal nine to five American dream style living to 
living slower, being more intentional, maybe wanting to dive into homesteading or aren't quite convinced that they're homesteaders yet, but are like <laughs> really kind of tip, like tip, like, um, what is the word? Dipping their toes into the mm -hmm. idea of this lifestyle. Um, I would say if, you know, you're at the place where you aren't necessarily homesteading, but you want to, don't wait. You can start doing things right now, today, in your own kitchen, whatever size it is, whatever supplies you have, outdoors, whatever you have. If you're, if you have no land, you can do something because once you get there, you're going to want to know how to do stuff. But if you're reading books and you're learning how to make bread, I mean, there's so many things in the kitchen that you can do anywhere. Where we were mm -hmm. in Florida, we had, I mean, we didn't have a yard. Like when I was sitting in my back, when I was sitting in my couch watching TV, I could look out my back window here and see the lady's house behind us. She was sitting on her couch watching TV. Like that's how close our houses were together. So my garden was just little containers on the back porch and it was enough for me. I was figuring it out because now that I have a place to actually put a garden, it's not my first rodeo. It's my second rodeo. <laughs> Um, it's still pretty, it's still pretty, you know, we're still starting, but having done it for the first time before we came here and having done some things before it really mattered because then once I got here, I felt like I could really spread my wings a little bit because I had all this, I had all this excitement, but yeah, just doing, doing things now. Don't wait until you get the land. Don't wait until you have a big kitchen. Don't wait until, oh, you can build a huge garden bed to have a garden. I want raised beds so bad, so bad. And here I am my third year of gardening and I still don't have them. I'll have them one day, but I'm not waiting to garden until I can have the garden of my dreams. Like don't wait to start homesteading until you have the homestead of your dreams because you know, who knows when that will be. Your life may pan out very differently than you think, like it did for me. I love that. Yeah, it's it's just starting where you are and not, not looking for, you know, and I, I talk about this often that if I only looked at Instagram, I would never feel like I could get there because everything oh, looks it's so, so bad. perfect all the time. And, it, yeah. but, but that's that's not it. You're seeing one small view of somebody's picture, yeah. what they want you to see. You're not seeing the big picture and you're not seeing the growth that happened before. And I think that in some cases that is so defeating to people, they don't even get started, you know, so. It is. And I mean, for me, it was important to be like sharing my journey before we got to where we wanted to mm -hmm. be. And I would say like, even where we are now, this is a stepping stone. This isn't where we want to end up, but this is a this is a good place for us to sit and be for a while because we can do a lot here. Mm -hmm. But before we were here, we were on other stepping stones and other stepping stones and they were nothing like it is now. But it was important for me then to be sharing what I was doing. I was learning how to can and I was on Instagram doing all that stuff and, you know, shaking my, my <laughs> cream in the, in the <laughs> jar trying to make butter. I was doing all of that and I was having like the worst breads in the world coming out of the oven. Like I didn't make, I did not make an edible bread loaf until I was making bread for like a year. Like it really wasn't that hard. <laughs> it comes naturally to some people, but it did not for me. But 
nobody sees that because it's like you don't start getting all of those Instagram followers and everything until people come across your page and they're like, wow, she's doing it. And then they follow you. They don't, it's like people aren't following you when they don't see you doing it. Like they don't, they want to see the finished product because that's what they're aspiring to. So it's like even way back when, when I was sharing like my very humble beginnings, there just weren't people witnessing sure. it because they didn't come along until I had sort of what would be called, I guess, like the finished picture. It was had the chickens and the animals and the canner and all that stuff. So people really do miss out on that. And I think social media is amazing because you can see and learn so much, but the way that it works and the algorithm and everything, you miss out on a lot. You miss out on the small potatoes people that might give you hope that, oh, I'm small potatoes too. I can do that too. And then in a year or two, be where I want to be. You miss out yeah. on that. Yeah, exactly. I think the other thing that is helpful that people can do wherever they are um, is get out of debt. And it, it doesn't sound sexy and it doesn't sound fun, but to me, <laughs> it's the, it is one of the most freeing things to do. If you get yourself out of debt when it's time to hit the go button, you know, you will be in such a great spot and it's, it's freeing and it's, you know, sure. I think it's mind freeing in so many different ways because you've broken away from that churn of constantly needing stuff. Yeah. And I, I never really thought of that as being a reason why, or a reason that we were able to just up and go when we wanted to up and go was that we really didn't have debt. We didn't have cars we were paying off, um, furniture. Like we didn't have any of those big purchases that people are paying off. Cause we just, we hadn't even really gotten to that point of our life yet where mm -hmm. we're buying that stuff. So when it was time, you know, for us to start saving and be able to leave, we were not bogged down by our financial um, mm -hmm. situation to where, oh, we can't leave. We can't quit our job. We can't do anything because like, we're just, we're tethered here. But I think you're right. I think that does keep a lot of people from doing what they would like to do. It's because they're they're tethered by that, you know, debt or just financial insecurity that they don't want to just up and go where they can't. Exactly. Yeah. Mine is so I think I love I love getting advice from people. And I love hearing what people's advice is. And one of the things that I like to encourage, and I have you, I've encouraged people of this before, <clears throat> and I just feel it's so true within this space right now, but don't be influenced by what you see other people doing on Instagram. Do what you feel like resonates with you the most and what you feel like you can successfully accomplish and will feel rewarded and fulfilled by. It. And if you have a family, do something that will serve you and your family. There's so much on the internet right now in Instagram and the home said community on Instagram is just really popping off right now, which is amazing. But there's so many people doing so many things right now. I think it's easy to be influenced and to feel like you're not enough or you should do more or you could do more or you should be like so-and-so, but do what resonates with you the most and what you feel the most confident and peaceful about pursuing. Don't be influenced. That's my biggest advice. Someone actually reached out to me over the last couple of days and she was like, I know you say you have one acre, but how much land do you really have? I think she thought maybe I had closer to two or something like that. And I was like, 
I was like, no, I have 0.98. I said, so maybe I should call myself a micro homesteader. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, but no, we just have this little acreage. It's just, you know, less than an acre, but it's wooded on all the sides pretty much. So in between all of our neighbors, we have trees. So it feels very secluded. All my pictures and my videos, it looks like we have land and land and land because you don't really see the houses, but that's just how our piece is. And she said something about how, um, again, she wants to homestead and she wants to do these things. And um, they want like, she's like, we've been looking for five acres, seven acres. And I guess, you know, seeing your page, you only have one. She's like, maybe that's a good stepping stone. That's a good in between before we go to have the piece where we can have all the things that we want to have. And I'm like, absolutely. If we had waited and lived in that tiny house until we found a piece of land with five to 10 acres, we'd still be there. And I would have never absolutely. learned how to make bread y'all. <laughs> but mm -hmm. we, were, absolutely. we were open absolutely. <laughs> that would have let us do some of the oh, things that we so want, true. not all of them. You know, we want to, we can probably do pigs and goats where we are now. It's just going to take some clearing, but we really want the dairy cow and we want to have cattle and we want to have like a gun range on our land. And those aren't things that we can have now, but we're not, we're not waiting until we find the forever home to do what we want to do. There's stepping stones. Maybe there's one stepping stone. Maybe there's several, but each one will get you to where you want to be. You just have to be, you have to be happy with the stepping stone. You have to be living your life now mm -hmm. where you are and not waiting to live your life until you get to the place you want to be. And I think, sure. I think it stops a lot of people because they, they want to be where they're going to end up, but they have to be where they are right now first. And you can't be afraid to like, you can't be afraid to like put the work in to get there either. Like, yeah. I know for my story personally, like, you know, when we first, so like, we had, I don't know, a little over half an acre when we had, and all we had was, you know, chickens, six chickens and two planter boxes in the front yard. Um, and then 2020 happened and it was a, I've always had anxiety really bad, but 2020 just like put me over the edge and I went full like fetal position mode. Like I was the person that made John, I wouldn't hug John when he got home from work because I made him change. I made him wipe down the grocery. Like I lost myself. And I think that like, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was God intervention, but I hit a point where I was tired of it. And I was tired of living that way. I was tired of living in fear. You know, I wanted to do something about it. Um, so like, I don't know, you just, you just have to, like, you can't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. You can't, so you know, true. think of, you know, like I want to do these things, but I can't, you just, you just have to, like, yeah. I, I don't know whether for yourself, for your family, for your kids, like you just have to. And so much of what we do in this lifestyle is trial and error. It's just jumping in, getting your hands oh, yeah. dirty, taking the risks and, um, you know, if you mess up along the way, trying again, getting advice from other people, looking to the next person who's done it and getting advice and going from there. I think that's huge. And Leanne, I think that's really good advice, like not being afraid to put in the work. Mm -hmm. I feel like in today's society, you know, we're told like, like, I don't even know how to describe it properly, but like, be, be okay with who you are, where you are. Don't, I don't know, don't strive for more or, you know, don't, Basically, I feel like as a society, we are told to um, be okay with not being okay. And to a point, yes, that's true. But, you know, 
I was not okay with not being okay. You know, I wanted to do these things that would make us okay if something happened. You know, if if you go to Walmart and the and the you know all the meat's gone, like I want to know that I'm okay. You know, and that my family is okay. And I feel like some aspects of society tells you the opposite. So you know, it's okay to go against the grain. It's okay to not do what everybody else is doing. You know, it's okay to do it your way, whether that looks like what you see on Instagram or not. <laughs> like, trust me, you look at my house and my homestead, it is not Instagram friendly at all. <laughs> Neither it's messy. is mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's messy. My kids are crying in the background this whole time. Like, <laughs> but we make it work. <laughs> no, I think that's so good. And I like, yes, you're right. Making like working, putting in the work to make sure that you're okay when everything else isn't okay. And you're right. Our society is like, no, look to someone else. Don't look to yourself. Look to someone else. That's so no, I want to take, want to take that back. You know, do it for ourselves. Hmm. That's really good. When I was going to a counselor for a while, I was talking about anxiety and I was talking about my battles with it in the past. I don't really have anxiety anymore. And I think that I made some very important changes to make that happen. And I don't think that that's the case for everybody, but I was lucky. Um, and she said, I have really bad anxiety too. And it just gets to the point where even though you're afraid, you do it anyway. You do it anyway. Yeah. And you trust that God has you. Yeah. And you just do it and you do stuff afraid. And that was such mm -hmm. like an aha moment to me. It's like, it's okay to be afraid, but you do it anyway. You know, he trusts you as you. So when I find that I'm afraid of something, I almost will force myself to do it, whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> because to me, it's like, well, I mean, what's going to happen? You're uncomfortable. You're afraid of it because you're you're uncomfortable with something. There's some there's some level of discomfort with it, and oh. the worst that could happen is you try and you fail. That's it. That's the worst that can happen. Or you, mm -hmm. or you try and you succeed, or you try and you fail and you learn how to do it differently. And then maybe you succeed the next time. You have to do those uncomfortable things in order to feel the sense of accomplishment. And that is so lost on people these days. There's no more discomfort. There's no more opportunities for greatness from discomfort. We just don't have any of that anymore. You're so right. It's been really, really good having you on, Megan, and uh, like hearing your story and just being able to talk about homesteading in our society and your story and just big picture homesteading stuff. So where can people find you online if they want to follow along with you? What's the best place for people to find you? Sure. On Instagram, I'm at Pinafore on Pinewood, and I'm also, my blog is Pinafore on Pinewood. Com. So you can find my blog posts there. Um, everything's linked there. The link to our vintage shop that we took over is there too. Um, but yeah, Instagram is the best place I think to find me. That's where we, that's where we share all the fun stuff of chasing ducks and geese and everything, <laughs> everything crazy that happens around here. Cool. Well, thank you for being willing to come on with us and take time to record this episode with us and stuff. It's been really, really fun to have you on. Absolutely. It has been very fun for me too.